Just singing that song, reflecting on different times as I've sung that song over the last uh, few years and how different songs, just like the Bible at different times in your life, right, certain verses jump out at you or different parts of certain songs. And I remember singing that song even here on Sunday morning over the last couple years at times going, God, grace your faithfulness. You've never failed me yet. God, don't fail me now. God, you've got to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And just holding on to that promise and to be able to sing today in a way going, thank you, God, for making a way where there isn't a way. Thank you, God, that he's not done yet, that there is a way forward. And it's a beautiful thing to see and to be a part of here at Meadow Park. So, um, and even just last Sunday, talking about future renovation plans and just the, that we get to look forward to what God is doing, that he's calling us into a new season. And uh, just to continue to move forward and to be about what God is doing is a, an exciting time be a part of Meadow Park. So, so thankful for that and for God's faithfulness. Well, we are in uh, week 10, the final week of our Beyond the Walls series. That's a monster series. That's a summer series. But I think it just goes to show that there are so many ways that God has called us to be his people, to be his church beyond these walls. And we've been looking at that throughout this whole series. We've been looking at scriptures like where Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses. Where did he say? In ever-widening circles, Judea and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Last week, we even talked about the ends of the earth, not just being necessarily the physical ends of the earth, but even digitally, right? God's called us to be his witnesses, to share his hope in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in the community, in the world, and through missions, all these different ways that God is calling us to be the church, to be his people beyond these walls. We looked at scriptures like in Jeremiah that says that, you know, be, um, be God's peace, right? Pray for the peace and prosperity, of the city in which I've called you. That shalom, that hope, bring that hope, bring that goodness. So we're spending this time talking about what does it mean to be the church beyond these walls. Now you might be wondering, then it's kind of interesting because last Sunday when we had that meeting before church talking about renovation and, and fixing up these walls, right? And, and worry about how do we continue to be and do ministry effectively in this place right here. Is that attention that we have to deal with? We're both called to be the church in here and out there. I began the series saying it's, we have to move beyond just come and see to go and be, right? It's both and. It's not one or the other. It's not just go and be, right? If we're always beyond these walls and we're never here, we miss a huge part of what God wants to do. But we also have to be in this place to see what God is preparing us for and to be a part of the community of the church. And so today I'm really looking forward to this message and excited to share this with you because this is my heartbeat for our church. That, 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 that we understand what we do in here matters out there. And so today, we're going to talk about this important piece. Our mission matters. Our mission matters. What we're about matters. And it has to matter. It needs to matter to each and every one of us because we are the church. And the key part about this mission mattering is what we do in here makes a difference out there. What we do in here has to make a difference out there. We can't just be stuck in here and not thinking about what, uh, it, it, what happens out there. And we can't just be out there not concerned about what happens in here. Because what happens in here makes a difference beyond these walls. And so today as we wrap this up, I want to pull this together and, and understanding what God has called us to do in here. And so if you are new or newer to Meadow Park, or if you're joining online wondering what we're about, you're going to hear what Meadow Park is all about and what we are each invited into and a good reminder for all of us what God has called us to. So why does mission matter? Mission matters a lot. Mission is so important. It, 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 it sets our direction on, on where we're going, understanding why. It, it answers the important question, why? Why? Do you have a mission in your life? Do you have a mission in your family? Do you have a mission for your marriage? Why matters. 
If we were, uh, if some of you were alive uh, 53 years ago this week. How many of you were alive 53 years ago this week? I, that, that predates me by a few years. It's very likely that you or someone you know, along with millions around the world, were glued to the television watching an amazing thing happen. 53 years ago this week, a man named Neil Armstrong stepped off the eagle lander, right, and said, one small step for man, one, finish it, giant leap for mankind, right? To think about that, a footprint on the surface of the moon. Unbelievable. Mission matters, and as, as he and Buzz Aldrin, you know, walked on the moon for parts of that day and were collecting all kinds of samples, and, and they were out on that, on, on that surface. Not, they weren't there. Yeah, there they were. They were beyond the wall, a little further beyond that wall, <laughs> to that wall, right? They were out there. But what was so important is that mission was very important because of one key four-letter word. Where was the mission to? The moon. <laughs> The moon, right? I mean, it seems obvious, but if the mission was to somewhere else, it was to Mars, if it was to orbit, it would have changed everything for years of what the, what the organization did, what NASA did, what all those people that were employed, they had to know what the target is. We're going to the moon. And that began to put everything else into perspective. We have to know what we are aiming for. What are we aiming for? What are you aiming for again in your life? What are you aiming for in your job? What are you aiming for in your marriage? What are you aiming for as a parent, as a grandparent? What are you aiming for in what you do and how you spend your life and your resources? We have to know that mission matters in so many areas. And so this morning, I want to ask us, what is the mission of the church? Why do we exist? Why are we here? Why do we spend money and time and energy and relationships and, and all these things? Actually, we're going to do a little interactive session here. I'm going to give you just a couple seconds here, 30 seconds to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to talk to each other. Why do we exist? Tell, tell your neighbor why you think the church exists. Go ahead. If you're online, you can type it in the chat or at home. Why does the church exist? I'm glad to hear a lot of buzz. At least there's no silence, right? Everyone's going, I have no clue. You guys have lots of ideas. Give me a couple. Let me just hear, let me hear a couple ideas of what you think. Me, who, who's willing to just throw one out there? It's not, I mean, to share the gospel, to share God, worship, spread the good news, fellowship, love Jesus, what? Step 12 of the 12 steps, all right? Right, we got lots of, lots of reasons, and, and you know, you, it's, it's hard to look to the Bible and be able to say there's one definitive verse. There are lots of different places that point to the mission of the church. And some people might say, well, it's just to love Jesus and to let other people know about him. To go and make disciples. To know Jesus and to make him known. Right, to, to, to make heaven full. There's all kinds of different ways we can look at that, to share the gospel, right? Go make disciples, things we've, we've talked about. And as we look at that and think, all right, what is the mission? What's the purpose of the church? Well, one thing I know that it's not is we're not meant to be a country club, right? We're not meant to be this, this comfortable place where this is just for us to hang out. We're not meant to be a fortress from the world. Like, come to the church because it's the one safe place. Now, we want it to be a safe place, right? But it's not meant to be a hideout. It's not meant to be all, all kinds of things. When I, when I think about, like, we're not meant to be a, a family entertainment complex, right? Come and entertain my children and my youth, and, 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 and yet that doesn't mean we don't do fun things. We're going to have bubble trucks. We're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to have an amazing VBS. But the purpose isn't just 
to entertain. We're not just here for a Christian concert on Sunday mornings, right? Great music and come together, and I want to hear the band. Now, we're going to have great music. We're going to have worship, but that's not our purpose, just to come together and have great music. We're not here to be a TED Talk venue, although some of you would like this just to be a nine-minute sermon. But if, a, but if it was a TED Talk venue, you'd have to have like three or four you know, people speaking all after the other, so we'll just, I'll just do it all, all myself. But there's a lot of things that church is not called to be. And those are the, some of the things that, that we're not called to be. When we look at the Bible, the church is the ecclesia. That's the Greek word. That, that It's the called out ones. It's a body of people who are called out from the world for a special purpose. And Jesus shares different times why he came and what's important. And there's one verse that we have latched onto as a church that defines our mission and understanding of why we're here. And it's John 10.10. 10. Every person at Meadow Park needs to know John 10.10, 10, right? The thief, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus do? I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So Jesus, when Jesus declares this is his mission, this is one of the places where he says why he came. And I think the reason why Jesus came is a good reason for us to think about maybe why are we here? Because Jesus said there's, a, there's, a, there's an existential battle going on. There is a thief trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That is not an overstatement. Jesus is not making, you know, speaking in hyperbole here. He's saying that is real. There is an enemy, and he's stealing and killing lives. We see it, and then in our world, we've experienced that. We live within a context that is trying to rob life from us to take things away from us. When we think about the, the difficulties, whether it's mental illness and stresses and, 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 and depression and suicide and, and just struggle. We think about addictions. We think about just broken relationships, pain, physical, emotional, spiritual, all around us in a world at strife. I mean, how are we doing after so many years? Aren't we supposed to be getting smarter and more intelligent? And, and yet the world still seems to struggle. We can't figure out the problems of this world because of our brains and because of our science and because of our politics. Is it working? There is no hope found anywhere else. The answer is not in those things. The answer begins when we understand that Jesus said, this is happening. There's a thief in this world stealing and killing and robbing lives. And his mission it's to come and give us life in all of its fullness, in all of its abundance. And so life is found in him. So that's the foundation of our mission. So our Meadow Park mission is this. And we all need to do it. Here, let's put it up so we all see it. Say it together. Doing whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. One more time. Doing whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. So that's both our mission of what we do together and it's our hope and desire that each and every one of us would experience that personally. This is our mission. And what I want to do today is I want you to know there is not one single word in that mission statement that is fluff. That's like a filler word except maybe like of or something like that. But they all have to tie together, right? It has to be readable. Every word is important and it speaks to what we value and it speaks to what's important and it speaks to what we need to each know about why we are here doing what we're doing. So let's begin with the first word. Okay, we're going to take some time here. Doing. Let's do it. Doing is the word. Our mission is not a passive statement. It's about doing. It's about getting involved. It's about rolling up our sleeves. Right? It's about having a resolve to get something done. I love when we read in the Bible in, in, in the early church, you know, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of, of Jesus and his disciples. 
And then what's the fifth book in the Bible called, in the Old New Testament? Acts. It's not the book of thoughts, the book of pondering, the book of musings, the book of philosophy. It's the book of action, the acts of the apostles. This is what the early church did. The church got about being the church. The church got about doing something. Jesus said it's important to do, to put into practice what you learn. James, one of the early leaders in the church, says it so well. Look in James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what? Do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. If we just gather here and we hear God's word and we don't live it out there, what we do in here doesn't matter out there. It's got to be put into action. James 2.14, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, oh, I have faith, I love faith, I love Jesus, I have faith, but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? What's the answer to that? No, it can't. And so it's about action. It's about doing. And so we get to be a church that rolls up our sleeves and does. What do we do? We do whatever it takes. A phrase you've heard here a lot if you've been around Meadow Park. We've got to do what? Whatever it takes. What I love about this is it just expresses sort of an attitude. It expresses a resolve. It expresses the passion. When you hear whatever it takes, it means I'm willing to take some risks. We're not going to play it safe. There's creativity, there's innovation. If you're going to do whatever it takes, you're going to figure it out. You're going to push the boundaries. We don't say, you know, it's, it's not whatever is safe. We're going to do it. Meadow Park, our mission is to do whatever is most comfortable. Whatever doesn't ruffle any feathers. Whatever makes you happy. That is not our mission. So when someone tells me this morning their prayer for me is to be fearless... That's a good prayer. Keep praying that for me. Pray that for each other. It's because comfort can sometimes be our downfall. And to do whatever it takes means we have to step out of some of those comfort rooms, zones. There's no room for, we've never done it that way before. Don't ever say that to me, unless you're ready for a long conversation. Because the best things have not yet been done. Some of the newest and greatest things. That doesn't mean everything that's passed is bad. That doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and pursue and go in some new directions. Again, true for our church, true in your life. And what really drives this home for me is, is a story that I shared on my very first Sunday here, candidating for the church, sharing about my passion. It's a story from Mark chapter 2, where Jesus is teaching in a house, and he gets so full people can't get in anymore, it's, it's, it's overcrowded. And there's a couple of, of men who remember a lame man who's begging every day on the street corner. And what do they do? They leave the comfort of that house. They go and they get them. What are they doing? They're doing something. They're on mission. They're doing something. But then when they get to that house, they can't get in. End of story, right? It's over. They did it. They tried. But then the whatever it takes kicks in. Then something happened. They thought, there's got to be a different way forward. And one of the men's thing, men, men thinks, all right, go get some ropes. You go get a hammer and a chisel. I'll go get a shovel. Let's figure this out. And they go up on top of the roof. And here's what we read in Mark chapter 2, verse 4. They couldn't bring this man to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Talk about whatever it takes. We're getting this man to Jesus. We're going to break through roofs. We're going to do something that's never been done before. But this is important. This man needs to be brought to Jesus, and that man's life was transformed. What does it look like for us to do whatever it takes? I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface and trying to figure out what that looks like in this generation. How do we share the gospel? How do we do those very things you were just talking about as our mission? 
When we think about the effort and the resources we spend on, on worship online to try to bring the message out beyond these walls. That's why we did axe throwing. We've never done that before. Now, you know, is axe throwing in the Bible? Well, maybe in ways that we don't want to read about. Um, <laughs> but why do we do that? Yeah, it's fun, but we have an opp opportunity to meet some people for the first time that came on that Sunday on a Father's Day to engage and to do that. Creative ways. Why do we spend so much energy? I, sometimes I think what this effort is going into vacation Bible school. For one week, this church goes above and beyond, and dare I say, overboard for children for one week. And we could say, you know, it's not that, it's not that important. Just give them one little room and do that nice and play some videos. No, no, no. Whatever it takes, because we want these kids to have an unforgettable experience, something they're going to remember the rest of their life, some of the foundational basic truths. Jesus loves you. You can trust God, right? Those kinds of things. Why? We've got to do whatever it takes. Give up a Sunday afternoon today to go and to help decorate. All this week, yesterday, people giving up their Saturday doing that, and for weeks before, whatever it takes. But we also have to have that mentality ourselves to risk those uncomfortable conversations, those places where you're talking with a coworker or a neighbor. Are you willing to, to go deeper in conversation? Are you willing to risk a, a spiritual conversation? Are you willing to risk your story? Whatever it takes is about sacrificing our time and our resources to, to serve, to give of ourselves, to say we're crazy generous people. We give at least 10% of our income, boom, right off the top, boom, God, to your work because we got to do whatever it takes. And this is an area where some of us, a lot of us, are struggling, going, I don't know if I can do it, whatever it takes, but not my money, right? We want to renovate this place. Don't say we're all in favor of renovating, but not, we're, we're going to have to write the check. Each of us is going to have to, we're going to have to participate in that. And you know what, it's a, it's a blessing to do that, because we're about doing whatever it takes to help reach people who don't know Christ, right? That they might experience life to the fullest in Christ. Doing whatever it takes. What's the next part? To help people. To help people. It's so easy sometimes in business and in life and different places to forget what this, is, what this is about. It's about people. Again, we're not here to have a great program on a Sunday morning. We're not here to have a just you know, great decorations for VBS. The point is people. And the point is to actually help people. We cannot lose our focus on that. The lost and the found. We're helping people all over to experience this life to the fullest. Jesus tells a story, right, that, that's famous in Scripture when, when somebody asks, you know, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story. And he tells a story of, of a priest and a, and, um, and, and a temple worker who walked by a person who was just beat up by bandits on the side of the road but did nothing. So there was no doing going on in that mission from, from the religious leaders. And then the story goes in Luke chapter 10, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And look, look at what this, talk about doing whatever it takes and to help someone. Here, look what he did. Going over to him, so first he went to him. The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. That's good. Then he could have moved on, but no. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Good. Man, that was great. Now he could move on. Well, he did go on, but he said the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. I mean, talk about going above and beyond to help. And then what did Jesus say in that last part of the verse? He said, yes, now go and do the same. Now go and do that same thing. Just go above and beyond. Go and do whatever it takes. Show compassion. Show love. Help people. Actually help them. 
Like literally go and do that. So we're doing whatever it takes to help people. And then comes a great word in our mission statement as well. Experience. To do what? To experience life to the fullest. It's not about, again, memorizing a set of intellectual or, or theological beliefs. Come to Meadow Park and you will be educated. I hope you learn. <laughs> but it's not our purpose. Our sole thing is just to learn and get our heads full of things, right? We don't come together to you know, have a pious morality. To have a crushing legalism. Say, we know and we're going to show how to do everything just right and so. And ah, We're not here to practice a stale religion. That's not what we're about. We're here to experience it. That God is alive, that faith is alive, that there's this life-giving source of the Holy Spirit that brings people to life, that brings you and me to life. That's why we don't just want to come into worship and listen to someone saying, we're here to experience the worship, but we're more than that. We're here to experience God moving in our hearts. That's why when, when we're here and you hear something in a message or you hear in, in God's word or during worship, something stirring in you, something burning in you, that's God's spirit saying, experience it. How many people say they're Christians or they say they believe or yes, I know about Jesus or I believe he's the son of God, but don't experience it in their life. Experience is so important. I love this verse in Ephesians 3.19. Here Paul is writing to the church and this is what he's telling them. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully. You may not even grasp it all. You may not understand everything, but, but you're experiencing it. And then comes this. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. There's that fullness of life, life to the fullness. When you begin to experience it, you're going to experience that fullness of life and power. Is your life marked by power? Is your life marked saying there's a fullness there to my life, but I want to experience it? And my desire is that we would each experience that what God is doing, that it actually makes a difference in our lives. And then comes that, that wonderful phrase, life to the fullest. We've got to do whatever it takes to help people experience what though? Life to the fullest. Now let me just say off the bat, life to the fullest does not mean a problem-free life. It does not mean that everything financially is going to go your way. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any sicknesses. It doesn't mean you're, not, you're going to have relational, you know, not have challenges there. That's not what life to the fullest means. Life to the fullest, as we'll see here, encompasses so much more. When Jesus said, I've come to give you life to the fullest, well then what did Jesus do when he began to call people into relationship with him? What is it that began to happen? How did Jesus make disciples? Well, let me just, in, in, in quick summary here, say well, the first thing he did is he invited the men. He said, come and follow me. So the first thing he did is he built relationship, right? Come and follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men and tell you what. Walk with me each and every day. We're going to hang out together. We're going to break bread together. We're going to go fishing together. We're going to do life together. It begins with relationship with Jesus, right? Like connecting with him in community. And then the next thing, what he did is, all right, now as we're going, I'm going to teach you. You've heard it said, but I tell you, as the scriptures say, the kingdom of heaven is like. And he began to teach them. They sat and they listened. And he taught not just his 12, but he taught hundreds and thousands of people. He taught them the basics. He taught them the truth of the kingdom. And he didn't stop there, though. At one point, saying, okay, now you know, now you've got it. Now he said, you know what? Now I'm going to empower you to go and to be my witnesses. He sent them out two by two at one point, he said, go ahead, now, now put it into practice. Now do it. And then he had the audacity to resurrect and go to heaven. 
and to leave his disciples and saying, you know what, tell you what, you be the church. Peter, upon this rock, I will build this church. Now you go and you be my witnesses and tell you what, I'm going to give you power and you're going to do this. Now you're going to carry on my ministry in this world. He invited them into relationship, he taught them the foundations, and then he sent them out. At Meadow Park, we have three words for that process. Belong, believe, and become. So when we talk about life to the fullest in Christ, belong, believe, become, we have this model right here for our discipleship. That discipleship and that wholeness, if you want to experience life to the fullest in Christ, you need to have each of these in your life. A place where you belong, the believing and the becoming. I want to talk just briefly about each of these so that we really understand why this is important and why what we do in here makes a difference out there. When we think about belonging, it's to be known. It's to be invited in. It's to say, you know, I'm a part of a community. I'm not just watching from a distance. I'm not just observing at arm's length. I may begin there. I may come and I just want to see if this is a place to call home. I may watch online for a while, but eventually... The church is always about community, Jesus inviting into relationship, and to say this is a place where we are connected together week in, week out, we know each other, we experience life together, we care for one another. In two weeks, we're going to begin a new series called The Power of Circles, The Power of Connecting in Community. I can't wait to talk about that because there is such a richness of life in that, and, and, and how are we experiencing that, and how are we inviting others in, like Jesus, into belonging? You don't have to believe to come to Meadow Park. You can begin by belonging, by saying, you know what, how do I connect? Let me walk alongside. Let me hear. And then we move to believing. Like Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus, understanding, studying his word, learning what it means, worshiping, experiencing the God of creation, coming to life in us, growing in our faith, reading the Bible, learning how to pray, putting the stuff now going, okay, I need to learn so I can put it into practice, right? That is part of that believing and that we always have room to grow in those areas. And that's a part. We don't leave belonging. I'm done with that. Now I'm going to move to believing. No, we need that to continue. And then to experience becoming. Like Jesus sending them out and saying, now put it into practice. Now do it. It's our serving. It's our using our gifts here in the church, in the community, globally. When we talk about living love, we talk about being on, on, on one of the teams here and serving and getting involved in different ways. It's all ways in which we create an opportunity to put our faith into practice. All the things we talk about beyond our walls. It's in these three things all working together, life together, spiritual vitality, love in action. Is that a lot? Is there demanding a lot? It's living life. And it's what Jesus modeled for us. It's what he points us to and says, this is how you experience life to the fullest. And then it brings us to our last two words, which cannot be left off. Life to the fullest what? In Christ. In Christ. If we miss this part, we miss so much. Then we do become a Christian country club, right? Or maybe not. We don't even come a Christian. We become a, a place just to gather, a fraternity, a, a, you know, a service organization. Important, good things. But in Christ is what roots us. Apart from Christ, there is no life. It's finding it in him. It all comes to life when we understand it all comes from the giver of life. That's what brings it to life when it comes from the giver of life. 1 John 5.12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Talk about a straightforward scripture, right? If we don't have in Christ, if we aren't doing these things in Christ, if it's not community in Christ, Christ-centered community, if our teaching and, and, and our believing and our worship is not focused on Christ, as, as our movement and tribe of churches says, Jesus is the subject. Jesus is the foundation. It's in Christ. 
And if our serving isn't in the name of Jesus in these walls and outside these walls, it's, it might do some good, but it lacks the power, the transformative impact that comes through serving in the name of Christ. So we do all these things in him and in relationship with him. That's our mission statement. Doing whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. We don't want this to be some kind of corporate jargon that stands on a wall or gets put on some kind of, you know, cue card or on our website or wherever. It's to be lived out. It's what drives us. It's what moves us. And are you a part of that? Are you experiencing it for yourself? And are you helping make that happen? That's when we come to life. I believe if you ask anyone, do you want life to the fullest? Yes. <laughs> We all want life to the fullest, but we try to find it in all these ways that are not leading us to life to the fullest. But if God's word is true and Jesus is who he said he is, and we can take these things to the bank, it is going to lead us to life to the fullest. Again, you may still have trouble and challenges, but when you're rooted in community and that belonging, you've got some people who are there for you that you can do life with. When you know Christ and you trust in him and say, you know what, I know my soul, it is well in my soul. I may have challenges, but God is good. He forgives me. I can go on with life. I'm free. That's awesome. And when you start investing yourself in a way that says, I'm about God's kingdom and bringing his goodness to this world. I'm about something more than just accumulating stuff and wealth and trying to get to the next activity. I have a purpose bigger than this. That is life to the fullest, my friends. And we get to do that. There's no other mission that I would rather sign up for, for than that one, than to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. So let me ask you, are you experiencing life to the fullest in Christ? As you look at these three areas, the belong, believe, become these circles of, of, of passion and, and power, or maybe you're not yet looking at them, but we will look at them here. Which one of these is an area in your life that you can take a step forward and say, you know what, I really could lean more into this. Maybe I need to take a step closer into community and experience that belonging. I've kind of just been on the sidelines. I've really not invested myself. I keep waiting for others. I'm going to initiate. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to find a way to build relationships. I'm going to join a life group. I'm going to start a group. Maybe in believing, you've just kind of gotten stuck or Again, been on the sidelines or just haven't grown much, saying, I'm going to take that next step. I need to trust Jesus more in this way. Or maybe even becoming, you know, I've, I really need to engage myself more in the mission of what God's called us to. I want to experience more what my gifts are. I want to use that for God's purpose. As I was reflecting on this this morning, I have growth in each of these three areas that I need to do. It's never a done deal check mark. I've realized I've, I've, I've lost some relationships that that I need to re-engage in and, and, and connect in a deeper way here in our congregation too. Faith can come to a point where it's just kind of coasting. It's kind of like, yeah, it's just what it is and realizing, no, I need to, need to invest in that more. I need to spend more time growing, becoming. God, how do you really want me to leverage, lean fully into my strengths and, and, and to give everything I've got in those areas? Where are you needing to dive in deeper for life to the fullest? We have opportunities, and this is why we design the church the way we do, to give you those chances so that we can do those very things. The opportunities are all around us. One way that, um, to help drive this home, you know, for, for the last couple of years we've been ending our service, I say, always remember in Christ, and you say, we are one. We're going to shift it up a bit, or quite a bit. We're going to change it completely, actually. Um, <laughs> 
And I'm kind of sad to do that because there is something about being reminded that we are one, especially that was important for us in these last two years where we began this with some of the divisiveness in our world and the division and just reminding us no matter what, we are one in Christ. But we want to drive this mission home to remind ourselves why we're here and why we leave from here and go out. And so when I end the service today and, and, and going forward, at least for a time, I'm going to say, now let's go and do whatever it takes to help people experience, and then you say, life to the fullest in Christ. As this reminder of this is why we're here. So let's, try, let's practice it once so that we'll get it right at the end of the service. All right, sound good? Now let's go and do whatever it takes to help people experience what? Man, you guys, are, you guys are good. See, we're going to drive that piece home. May we do that and may we have that. I, I would just like to, us now just take a few moments. I want you to, to, to pause and reflect on what God is saying to you. Just bow your heads and just take a few moments and just say, God, this is the amazing mission. You've come to defeat the one who tries to steal, kill, and destroy. And you've come to give me life in all its fullness. Where is God speaking to you this morning? Maybe in your own life, where, where are you longing for more of that life and that connection that God has created for you? Maybe there's someone that God puts on your heart to be praying for that they might experience life to the fullest in Christ like you have. Heavenly Father, we pause in this holy moment as we've heard much from your word this morning and just are reminded of a lot of things, God, but that you simply have just come, that you brought yourself, you came in person, incarnate. God, you did not just stay from a distance, but you came and said, I'm here, I've come to give you life in all of its fullness, life to the fullest. Father, thank you for this amazing mission that you've given us go, to make disciples that experience that, that live this out. Father, we're all in different places spiritually. Some of us uh, are just exploring a relationship with you, not really sure, maybe still have some questions and doubts. Father, would you just help us take another step just to walk alongside, to lean in, to follow you more closely, to connect to your community. Father, some have been following you for many, many years, and God, we give you thanks for the faithful witness the many that have been touched and led to you and grown in their faith because, because of them. And Lord, help us to not be done growing, to continue to sacrifice, to give, to pour ourselves out. God, and anywhere in between, Lord, what it, help us to be your church that has this resolve, this passion to do whatever it takes to share the good news, to share the hope that's found in you in this world that so desperately needs it. God, I thank you for Meadow Park. And again, the faithful witness of years and years right here in this place, in this city, and stretching far beyond. We give you thanks, God, and we pray that what we do in here would make a difference, God, beyond these walls. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.